You're listening to Life Church Podcast with Pastor Bill Carpenter. Good morning and welcome to Life Church. You can be seated for just a few minutes here. I'll ask you to stand again shortly and we will continue with our worship time. I want to talk to you just a few minutes as we get started this morning. Um, this is a little bit out of the ordinary for us. I usually just welcome you, uh, say a scripture, pray for you, but I want to talk to you for just a few minutes here uh, this morning. And what I'd like to do is I would like to revisit last Sunday for just a few minutes here, all right? Uh, those of you who are new or you're visiting today, um, just hang with us here, okay? Uh, we really are a safe place today, and you, are, you will be free to worship the Lord here, and we're going to invite everyone back into that worship in just a few moments. Um, last Sunday, if you will remember, those of you who were here, Pastor Dave preached a, a, just a really wonderful sermon on the gift of tongues and the gift of interpretation. Um, it was a unique sermon for a lot of you because you've not ever heard anyone preach on that particular subject. And for some of you, you've not ever heard anyone speak in tongues before. Uh, so for some of you, there was a little bit of anticipation, and for some of you, a little bit of trepidation. Uh, some of you afterwards even said to me, I was like afraid, like I, I was so afraid about the whole thing. Um, and some of you were afraid that uh, when Pastor Dave said, we're going to have actually uh, tongues and prayer, prayer in tongues, uh, at the end of our service, um, some of you said afterwards that that was a moment of like stark shock for you because you had never experienced that. Uh, but those of you who were here will recall that at the end of the service, our genie did come up and she prayed uh, a prayer in tongues. And we waited for a moment for an interpretation to that tongue. Um, and it did not come. And of course, David laid out very clearly in the scriptures that when someone prays, in a tongue, there should be an interpretation. It should come. Uh, it didn't come. We understood that it might not, and we were prepared for that. Uh, but we waited for a few minutes, and it, it didn't happen. But here's the exciting thing for us this morning is that immediately after the service on Sunday, three different people declared that they received an interpretation of the prayer that was prayed in tongues on Sunday, all right? Uh, now, for some, that might still seem, well, that's a little strange. Three different people got something. Well, the amazing thing is that all three interpretations were submitted to us, uh, and what we realized as we started to read those interpretations was that in essence, all three interpretations were pretty much identical. We could take the smallest or the, 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 the most succinct interpretation and lay it in the next one, and it fit right in perfectly. Uh, some of the words and phrases were identical. And then we could take those two, if you mesh them together, and put it in the third one, which would have been the longer, more extended, wordy version, and they fit perfectly right into that. All right, and so we saw several things out of that. One, we saw that indeed there are individuals in Life Church who can operate in the gift of interpretation. Therefore, tongues are acceptable inside of the congregation and can be utilized here. All right, so we know that that can happen. So, those of you who may have the gift of tongues, you don't have to be afraid to be able to utilize that gift. So, if you are operating in that particular area, you can talk to Pastor David and I, and let us help you to develop that as well. 
The other amazing thing that happened, not only do we now know that there are people who can interpret, uh, but we realized after the service that as people started to talk to us about their feelings uh, within the service and experiencing the prayer in tongues, that numerous people were a little bit afraid. They were a little bit leery and a little bit scared. And I think the beauty of that is that we can be so honest and transparent about those kinds of things together in the body. And we can talk about these things together. And these are good places of conversation for all of us to learn together. Uh, not only how the Spirit works, but how we all receive that work and how it affects us in various ways, all right? Um, and then the other thing that I think is so beautiful is that because a lot of you who shared with us shared that you were afraid, uh, I think you're going to be really overwhelmed with the interpretation of that prayer on Sunday. And so what I want to do is I want to pray that prayer over you and I today. And as I pray it, I want you to hear what the Spirit was praying on your behalf last Sunday. I want you to understand how genuinely God is in tune to your feelings and your perceptions and, and your hearts as God is drawing us closer and closer to Him and is calling us to be a people that are filled with His Spirit and his love to be able to embrace the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we're going to go right back into worship in just a moment. But what I'd like to do is before we enter back into worship, I would like to pray this prayer over you today that the Spirit prayed over you last Sunday because I think it's equally as applicable today. Now, we believe that when tongues are given and there's a prayer in tongues, an interpretation should come, and it should come then. But the beauty was that three people were a bit timid about stepping up and doing that last Sunday, but they were willing to do it immediately afterwards with the leadership. And the leadership was able to judge the interpretations, uh, to look at them and evaluate them based on Scripture and make sure they aligned with Scripture, and they did. And they aligned with one another and complemented one another. So all of this was done in decent order for the church and we don't feel like that waiting a week to share this with you is necessarily inappropriate. Um, other times we hope the interpretations will come immediately, but this time they didn't. But we see the hand of God in this in a big way. And so would you stand with me and would you let me pray this prayer over you today as an interpretation of the prayer that the Holy Spirit prayed over you last Sunday? And after that prayer, I want to invite you to come right back into worship with us. And let's just worship the Lord today in spirit and in truth. All right? Prepare your hearts. Listen to the spirit of the Lord. Holy God, give your church the strength to fear not. And to know your promise, I am with you. Give them understanding that their fears will never allow them to be free. Help each one to know your promises to them. Speak to them about your love for them. May they be confident that you are the Lord and you will never leave them. Open their hearts to hear you say, 
I am with you in the darkness. I am with you in the struggle. I am with you in the pain. I am with you in the joy. I am with you even when you sin. I will never leave you. You belong to me. I am your wisdom, your strength, your direction, your help. May they know that you are now and have always been with them. You've always known them. And now these who know you seek to know you more. Give them guidance and help. Help them not to look to another, but look to you. Christ went through the darkness and overcame it. If they look to your Son, they will overcome and find your completeness and satisfaction in Him. And let us say, Amen to the prayer of the Spirit. Let's worship the Lord together. Again, welcome to Life Church this morning. You're free to worship the Lord. All right, our scripture this morning is 1 Corinthians 12, starting in verse 7. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. This is God's word. Thank you, Melissa. Okay, we are staying in this series on uh, the Holy Spirit, and uh, this section has been about the gifts, and uh, uh, I would say that this is probably the most talked about series other than the series on Centered, where we stayed in uh, a, a, a series for an entire year, totally focused on Christ. Uh, but this, this has definitely been a series that's brought a lot of conversation uh, across the tables with all of you and with us as your pastors. And we want to tell you how much we appreciate all of the commentary you've given, uh, all of the insights that you've helped us with, uh, the questions that you've posed, uh, all of this has been such great dialogue for Life Church. Um, and it's been very helpful to Pastor Dave and I as well to know and gauge where all of you are. Um, and so we've, we've really enjoyed doing this with you. And we both want to say to you as we're starting to wind up this series, uh, it, will, it will actually end next Sunday. Um, but we want to just say to you how much we are thankful that you were willing to take some risk, a number of you, uh, throughout this series, and uh, that a lot of you, uh, you have stepped into some territory that maybe you were not familiar with, uh, but you've done it with, with a heart that's willing to learn and to experience God in deeper ways, uh, and that's just been really, really great and encouraging for us. And I love what God has done in Life Church throughout this series. And uh, he, he, He's really moved us, uh, I believe. And uh, I'm excited about that movement that we've seen uh, as the Holy Spirit's been uh, embraced more. 
So uh, we're going to continue to grow in this. We, we want very much for you to understand that Pastor Dave and I are not trying to preach you a series and then package it up and box it away and we go into something else, but we don't actually live in the series, all right? So we want to live in this series. We want to live in the power and the works of the Holy Spirit as we are going forward. And that's going to be a time, it's almost like a lab, really, initially, because some of these things we haven't done before in Life Church, and we haven't experienced them. Some other things we haven't experienced for a long time in Life Church, but God is moving us back into some of, some of those areas. And so I really want to encourage you that you and I, together, we continue to embrace the gifts and the works of the Spirit, and that we continue to see how God might use us and move in our lives. I'm going to talk to you today very briefly about healing and about miracles, all right? And then, I'm going to, I'm, like Pastor Dave did last week, I'm going to give you a, a little application at the end of the service. So I'm going to let you know that up front, that it's coming. Uh, we're going to invite you to come today and be prayed for. Uh, to be pra- if you need healing, we're going to invite you to come forward and to be prayed for, to be healed. If you need a miracle in your life, we're going to invite you to come forward for that miracle, for God to, to do that in your life. We're going to, uh, as some say, chase after that today in prayer, all right? Uh, also, I'm going to invite those of you who, after I share with you for a little bit here, uh, who might feel that maybe you have the gift of healings or you have the gift of miracles that you would come first and let us pray for you. Uh, Our elders will come up and we will lay hands on you and pray for you. And then we're going to release you to join with the elders to pray for those who need healing and those who need a miracle. So it'll be a unique experience at the end of the service again this week, much like it was unique last week. But let's be open and see what God will do with us, okay? So we're going to talk about healing and we're going to talk about miracles for a little bit. And as we do that, we want to say today that ultimately Jesus is our example. He always has been. He always will be, all right? And so we live out of his example. And as we see Jesus on the earth doing earthly ministry, uh, much of that ministry was in the work of miracles and the work of healings. And so we see Jesus as our example uh, in all of this. The Gospels are full, the epistles are full uh, of of places and times and events where uh, the kingdom of God was uh, presented through uh, a miraculous work of either some type of unique miracle that happened uh, or a unique healing, all right? And so uh, these are actually uh, sort of classified as miraculous gifts, Uh, There are some gifts that are called enabling gifts, all right? Uh, And there are some gifts that are called team gifts, and they work together uh, with with others in the the body and for the body ministry. Um, But these happen to fit into that category of miraculous gifts. And so uh, they're unique and and they're mysterious in some ways. Um, And so I want to just kind of hit on them a little bit here this morning. And I want to, in particular, talk to you a little bit about what it might look like for a person to operate in the gift of healing or the gift of miracles, all right? So we're just going to look at that a little bit. Now, there are two different gifts. They're identified. Melissa read that to you. Paul identifies them as two different gifts. Um, but we understand, obviously, that, that miracles uh, are, are a variety of things within the Scriptures, Uh, And healings are a variety of healings. There are different kinds of healings. Not only are there 
physical healings, but there are emotional healings uh, as well. Um, There are relationship healings. Uh, So God can heal in a variety of ways. We're going to kind of talk about them sort of together in this sense that these are some of the miraculous components of what the Holy Spirit does for us, all right? And I want to encourage you to really, like, think about your life and think about your passions and your desires as you serve God. And might you be an individual who God would use in one of these particular types of gifts uh, that we're going to be talking about here this morning. So let's just, let's just jump into this a little bit, and let's talk, first of all, um, about miracles, all right? Um, and, and let's try to maybe understand miracles a little bit and maybe demystify it a little bit uh, for ourselves, all right? This gift of miracles is described in Scripture much like the gift of healing. It was found in, in 1 Corinthians 12 that Melissa read for you. Um, and it's actually more literally translated as the workings of powers. In other words, the power of God at work or the power of God manifested in some way. And, and it likely means that these gifts were very diverse and we see that in the life of Christ. We see Christ doing unique kinds of miracles. That might be turning water into wine. That might be raising someone from the dead and any variety of things in between there, okay? But Jesus was very comfortable coming and very comfortable uh, performing miracles, all right? And so we need to look at this from this standpoint that there may be a lot that is available to us power-wise from God as we evaluate miracles as a gift to be utilized in the church. Um, the, The gifts are subject, first of all, to the divine will of God. I want you to understand that gifts are never subject to you or to me. We're not given that kind of authority or that kind of privilege, all right? Gifts are always divinely orchestrated, all right? And they are, they are subject to God's will and to his purposes. So behind every miracle, behind every healing, God has a sense of purpose for that. Some of us have grown up in circumstances or situations um, where we've been told or we've been taught that we can have our miracle, we can have our healing, and it's just for us. But the reality is God has greater purpose than just you or I being healed or to receive a miracle. So there's always this divine purpose. We know that Jesus performed miracles throughout his earthly ministry even more than are recorded in the scriptures, the scriptures tell us. All right? So Jesus did much more than what we're told or what is spoken to us in terms of miracles and also of healings. We also know that the apostles on a regular occasion, performed miracles of all kind, including casting out demons, physical healings, raising people from the dead. Uh, there, there are other kinds of miracles that happen. You can read about them. Uh, just through your reading in Acts, by the way, you should be able to recall a number of these situations or circumstances where healings have taken place. And, and if they're kind of vague to you, go back and reread Acts again with this idea that I want to be able to like really recognize the, the miraculous throughout the book of Acts. And that's a, that's a really good read for us, okay? Other believers performed miracles as well, all right? Stephen performed miracles. Philip performed miracles. Uh, so there, 
And, and, and Paul is saying here there is this gift of powers that is at work in the church, and it can be utilized by individuals as God wills it to be. All right, as, as God designs and desires the church to function, he will give out power so that individuals can work in the gift of miracles. All right, um, Miracles were given, folks, by God to the church, but for purpose. And the purpose is to reveal the presence and the glory of God. It's not to to make you special or to make you feel special or just to relieve pressure in your life. God can do that. But ultimately, the purpose of the miracle itself is to reveal in some way the presence and the glory of God, in particular among His people. God wants very much for His people to, in essence, see Him. All right, to get revelation of him. And one of the ways that he does that is through the work of miracles. All right. Now, there, there, there were many enemies of the church in the days of Christ and in, in, in the days when the apostles were working these miracles. And sometimes when miracles were presented or miracles were demonstrated, it was a, it was a vast shift in the, in the spiritual climate around people. And, and people who were absolute enemies of the gospel became believers. And so God was using the work of miracles to make himself known. God was using the work of miracles to declare the gospel. And I want you to understand this as we talk about miracles and healings. Any miracle, any healing, my friend, it is driven by the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is not driven by an urgent need that you and I have. Miracles and healings are not crisis management in the kingdom of God. Not at all, nor will it ever be, all right? It doesn't work that way. Simply because you have a crisis doesn't guarantee you that God will or must give to you a miracle or a healing. And in a few minutes, I promise you that I am going to try my best to answer you the elephant in the room, and that is, well, why doesn't everybody get healed? And why doesn't everybody get their miracle? We're going to talk about that in just a few minutes. But let me lay a little bit more foundation here before we go there. Okay. God's intent and purpose is to be glorified. As a matter of fact, God's intent and purpose is not only will he be glorified, but he will not share his glory with anyone. So there is never a place for, where man gets to become exalted through gifts so that he begins to come up or rise up to be on par with God. Gifts such as healing and miracles. Honestly, folks, for people to work in these particular giftings, these miraculous giftings, it's actually a dangerous place spiritually because men and women are subject to pride and and to arrogance and to superiority and these kinds of things. It can get in there. It can get in the way. But God's intent is that he and he alone is glorified in a miracle or in a healing. And as he is glorified, the intent is others will see his glory and come to him. So oftentimes the miracles and the healings take place in the midst of unbelievers. When people are coming in and don't know the Lord, these things are allowed or they're designed by God to happen with such purpose that people's eyes are opened and they see, in in essence, a tangible expression of the gospel. And we see this in Christ so often. His heart is to heal people and to restore people. 
His heart is to, to, to help people through their adversities and their difficulties. And the reality is he doesn't always heal and he doesn't always do miracles. And like I said, we'll talk about that in a moment. So let's talk for just a minute about people as they operate in this gift in the body. And, and I bring this up because there's a unique piece to miracles and healings. And I think that this is the place where more people have sat down, come in the office and sat down with me and talked to me and said, Pastor, I grew up in this, or I grew up in that, or I remember when I was a young person and this happened, or I was watching, um, you know, Christian television, um, and uh, I saw this, or I saw that, or what do you think about this person, and they drop a name or two, you know, what, do you, what about this? And, and so let me help you, trying to be very careful to navigate this to not put anyone down or, you know, name a name or expose anyone or anyone. I want to try to help you to understand a little bit about the spiritual gift of healing and how it should be utilized in the, in the local church, okay? And, and, and those who have this spiritual gift, if you're one of those individuals who has this spiritual gift, um, you're, you're going to present yourself just naturally in certain ways. We're just we'll be able to see certain aspects of how this gift is, is sort of driving you and, and, and how it, it, it can manifest. And these are, these are good things, but oftentimes a person who walks in gifts and utilizes them frequently um, can be misunderstood. And they can oftentimes seem to be a unique kind of person or even an odd kind of person, all right? And there are those of us who, who are timid, just as those who were timid last Sunday to share the interpretation of the prayer in tongue. They waited until immediately after the service. And, and granted, um, maybe we didn't give enough time for that. Uh, that's okay. We're all walking new in this together, okay? So we'll learn that maybe we'll, we'll wait a little bit longer for some of those people to get over the timidity or whatever, all right? Um, but sometimes we, we just are thinking, oh, gosh, I really want to pray for somebody like like you have a you have a tremendous desire you see someone in the grocery store and you see maybe a, a cast or you see them limping or you just know that somehow they're just downtrodden and so you know that they're oppressed in some way and there's just something that pulls in you and everything in you says I just want to go pray for that person that very well may be a gift that is that is pulling on you in that moment and the Holy Spirit uh, is, is, is present in that, all right? I'm not saying that you should do that necessarily. I think you've got to use wisdom in how you approach, especially strangers in public places. Um, you are representing Christ. You are a witness for Christ. But you can feel it. The gift will, will make a way uh, for us sometimes. It will, it will actually open a door sometimes for us, okay? But it starts there. It starts in the heart of the individual. In, in your very soul, there's, there's passion for this kind of thing, all right? And oftentimes, you will have sort of this heightened sensitivity to, to God's presence or, or God's power. And uh, I remember a couple of times when God really, really, like, put it in my heart to pray for someone and, and I don't know if it was really the gift of healing that, that was operative, but I know that I felt different. And here's one of the things that, that was particular to me, and I think it's been helpful for me over the years when I'm wondering or I'm timid about operating in a gift. It's like I knew that I would be in a worse state myself if I didn't do it <laughs> than if I did, you know? 
And, and oftentimes when God has impressed me and I feel like it's really the Holy Spirit at work and he's really prompting me to, to reach out to someone, to pray for them in, in some way or, or to speak into their life with, with some, some knowledge or understanding or something, oftentimes there is, a, there is kind of a physical feeling of that. You know, it's like I feel it in my very body, all right? And I'm not saying that that's what you go on. But I'm just trying to give you some practical helps here to understand that sometimes you feel this so strongly that you feel it in your flesh as well as in your spirit. And there's oftentimes this sense that I just, I've got to do this. I've got to obey God. I've got to follow through uh, with this. And a lot of times that's the passion that is working in you. And so oftentimes it's like a special measure of faith will come up in you. Like it will rise up in you. You, like, you can believe for that person in such a powerful way, and so you just want to pray for them. Let me ask you a question here today. How many times have some of you felt like, you know what, it's really strange because I really don't sometimes believe for myself, but I can really believe for somebody else. Like I wouldn't pray for myself necessarily in this area, but I'll pray for that person in a minute because I really believe God will do that for them. And sometimes that's because faith rises up in that moment. Faith is, 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 is moving and driving us uh, in that moment. And it's a greater measure of faith that is manifesting, all right? But here's one of the things I want you to understand. If you're operating in these types of gifts, the miraculous gifts, you're going to be very keenly aware and you're going to understand that God is sovereign and that God can work when and how he desires. What you do is you make yourself available. You just be available for the work of the Holy Spirit, all right? But ultimately, it is God who heals. It is God who delivers. It is God who works the miracles, all right? And you and I make ourselves available, all right? We are making ourselves vulnerable. We are taking risk when we do these kinds of things. But this is where God works in us sometimes in major ways is when we, we allow ourselves to be vulnerable and we lay down our own reputation just as Jesus laid down his reputation. And so we allow the Holy Spirit to work through us and move through us. Jesus healed in so many unique ways, but so did the apostles. And Jesus sent them out, all right? He, he went through the, the, the synagogues. He went through the, the, the communities and the villages, and, and he was proclaiming the gospel. And he was saying that the kingdom of God was coming. And, and the Bible says that when he did this, there was healings, diseases left people, afflictions left people. So as God was proclaiming the kingdom, all right, these sort of things began to happen. They were manifestations to validate this message of the kingdom of God has come as we preach the kingdom, as we preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. We can expect that God can once again validate that message that God can once again do things that helps people to have their eyes open and their hearts open to understand this great gospel of Jesus Christ. And so as we as a church, as the pastors are preaching and proclaiming the gospel, as individuals come up and share the gospel at the end oftentimes of our services, um, we need to be able to have faith that expects that God can show up in other unique ways as well so that eyes are open to this gospel message. Let me interject right here as we are moving along. 
we all understand, and, and, and I'm going to just sort of share the gospel with you at this moment. We understand, don't we, that ultimately the greatest gift of healing is when you and I are healed from our sins and we are restored into relationship with Jesus Christ. This Jesus who came and bore himself on the cross and died, he did so for our infirmities and for our healings. And ultimately, that healing, that restored relationship with the Father as sons and daughters, that is the greatest healing that there is. And is that not the greatest miracle? When you are carrying your own sin and you cannot do anything to save yourself, yet the Father sends His Son on the cross to die and to be resurrected in order to do what you could not do for yourself and you receive eternal life, this is the greatest healing and the greatest miracle that has ever been. And this is what we represent as we go out from here. Our testimony, our witness. You and I are living epistles, all right? We are the message of this gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you don't know that, that experience today, that is first and foremost for you. You can have that today. You can know this Jesus today who came to this earth as a child born in a manger and grew up and taught and walked among men and women and performed these very miracles that we're talking about and these healings and demonstrated the power of God and announced the kingdom has come and then went to the cross for the sins of all mankind and died, but on the third day was resurrected and ascended to the Father shortly thereafter and is there right now, even as I am preaching to you today, Jesus is by the Father and is interceding. He is praying for you today in whatsoever manner the Spirit would lead. This is the beauty of God, and this is the gospel of Jesus Christ. God wants you and I to be able to live in this place of the miraculous. God wants you and I to do the same kinds of things that Jesus demonstrated on the earth, all right? Jesus called his 12 in Matthew 10, and he said, he said, I'm going to give you authority. I'm going to give you an authority that is over unclean spirits to cast them out. And then he says this, and to heal every disease and every affliction. In other words, you can heal physical diseases by my authority, but you can also heal mental diseases and mental problems and such things. You can heal afflictions that torment people in my name. And so he sent them out and he said to them, he said, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. He says, freely you have received, freely give. And so you and I are called to give what God has given to us as the body of Christ. And so this is an important place for us to land in this series on the Holy Spirit. I think you and I need to start to prepare our hearts for whatever work God wants to do to move us, to shift us to this place where we can be people of miracles and of healings. Now, this, this spiritual gift of healing that's also found in, in Corinthians 12 in, in verse 9 is also plural and it's translated literally as the gifts of healings, all right? So this, this spiritual gift is, is closely related to, to miracles, and miracles is closely related uh, to, to healing. Um, and it, 
It involves such a, a, a special compassion and care for others, all right? Um, God shows his compassion and he shows his heart through us as we care for others. And sometimes that healing happens immediately. Sometimes it happens over a period. It happened in the Old Testament. It happens in the New Testament as well. In Jeremiah, the prayer is, heal me, Lord, and I will be healed. You and I can experience not only healing for ourselves, but we can be part of the experience of healing for others. And 1 Peter says that he, Jesus, bore our sins in his body on the cross, that, that we might die to sin, that we might live for righteousness. And then it says, and by his wounds we have been healed. In Acts chapter 4, Peter and John They've been before the Sanhedrin and they've been let go. And they come back to the gathering of the saints in a, in a home. And as they come in, they declare that they've been set free. And so the saints begin to pray. And they pray for Peter and John. And this is how they pray. They say, God, enable, e equip, make ready your servants, all right? Enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. That's the first part of the prayer. Speak your word with great boldness. I would ask you that you would do that for Pastor Dave and I. When you pray for us, pray that not only from the pulpit, but just in our, our interacting with other people, other leaders and, and such in the community, that we are constantly speaking God's word with great boldness. All right? But notice what they pray next. And then stretch out your hand that they may heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. I want to tell you something. I want this. I want this. I don't want it just for me. And I need to be very careful about that desire, all right? Because I don't, I don't want to fall into the hands and the clutches of pride and such things. But I want to preach boldly. And upon preaching boldly and clearly, I want to see God move in unique and miraculous and wonderful ways. And I would prefer that it happen through all of you. Let me preach it boldly. I'll proclaim it. And then you let the gifts rise up in you, all right? And, and do the works of the Spirit and do the works of the kingdom. John 14, verse 12 says, Truly, tr this is Jesus speaking, he says, Truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works than these he will do because I'm going to the Father. It's simple logic. I'm not going to be here very long, but the church is going to continue on beyond me. I'm going back to be with the Father, but I'm going to release the church to be me in the earth and to do the things that I have done. And you're going to do what I've done, and you're going to do more. And so he goes. The Spirit is released, and gifts are given to men and women and boys and girls in the body of Christ so that the gospel may be 
proclaimed. And that's where we are at. That's where, that's where we want to live. We want to live our lives in that, that kind of place, all right? So I, I'm going I'm to close this part with you, and then we're going we're gonna to have some prayer time here. Here's the, here's the elephant in the room. Why doesn't God heal every sickness, every disease, and every illness? So I'm going to talk from my heart here for a minute, all right? Because I'm a big believer in the doctrine of healing and of miracles. I believe they're really for us, and I believe that, that we should be able to see more than we have seen in the body of Christ in, in recent years. And I'm 30-plus decades in ministry now, and I've seen healing, and I've seen miracles, and, I, and I, I've seen it with no explanation whatsoever possible other than only God could do this. And I have faith for that, and I pray for that. So I'm, I'm standing believing that Life Church can be a church of, of miracles and Life can, Church can be a church of healings. Here's the other thing. I've experienced healing in my own life. I've, I've experienced significant healing and I've witnessed God heal other people around me when they've prayed, been prayed for. I know firsthand that God heals and I know firsthand that God doesn't always heal. And I'm greatly comforted by passages like James 5. It begins in verse 13 by asking a question, is any among you suffering? Oh my goodness. Well, let them pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let them sing a psalm. And then listen to this in verse 14. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call for the elders of the church and let them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise them up. And if they've committed sins, they will be forgiven. There is so much in that passage. You see, I do believe God heals. I also believe that healing is not always the only path that God chooses for you and I. And sometimes his perfect plan for our lives is actually to allow us to suffer and to experience disease and illness and hardship. I don't like saying that, but it is the reality. I'm going to give you one example before I go any further with that, but I want to talk a little bit more about it to you. My wife and I lived with a family here in Sioux Falls for a number of years. The husband in that family required absolute, total care. He was paraplegic, and it was the result of muscular dystrophy. And, and, and these diseases had hit his brain and his spinal cord, spinal column, and he was in a wheelchair and could not walk, could barely move couldn't feed himself, couldn't go to the bathroom. He could talk a little bit. His talk was very slurred. His wife was his primary caregiver. She had been a nurse for years. We got to spend and do some life with them over a period of time. They were a very unique couple, unique family. They loved God very much. He loved God very much. And I sat with him one day before he died, not so terribly long before he died. And his wife said, can you, just, can you just be here with him for a few minutes? Let me just run down to the grocery store. And I said, sure. And we were just sitting there. And I just started talking to him. And uh, he looked at me, and it was just like, 
it was a, it was a divine moment. And he said, do you know something? And I said, what? Talk to me. And he said, this disease is the best thing that had ever happened to me. And I almost like backed up physically because I had heard his wife and his wife had sat with me at her kitchen table and we had coffee together way, way back. And she said, my husband was in the military. He was a rugged guy. He was a big guy. He was a, just a big, red-headed, aggressive, loud brute of a guy. And he could do whatever he wanted to do. And uh, it, he was just something. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he was struck with this disease. And when we found out, the doctors said, it will be a short amount of time, and this will just ravage his body. And, and he probably won't live a long life. He lived a tremendously long life because he had such loving care from a wife who was a former nurse, and she loved him and cared for him over a period of years, and it extended his life, the doctors said. Nevertheless, he was never healed from this disease, and he ultimately died from it. And he sits with me and says to me, this is the best thing that has ever happened to me. And I was like, how can you say that? And he said, it was only through this disease that I found Jesus. And I would never trade that for anything. And it is in Christ that I can live in this disease and glorify Jesus. And I was like, Russ. And I was like, God, forgive me. I complain about so much in my life. And yet here is a man who is living in, in tremendous adversity. I, I do believe that God heals. But I also believe that, that healing is not always the only path that he's going to choose for you and I. And the reason for this is because he can often teach us through suffering. And, and, and he can teach us things that we would never learn in a book or a seminar or through comfort or through prosperity. And here's how I see that in the scriptures. Paul had a problem with his eyesight and God never healed him. When Timothy was sick, Paul said, go have a drink of wine. He didn't say go to a healing service. <laughs> Lazarus was raised from the dead, but eventually he died. And Paul says he has this thorn in the flesh and he prays to God time and time and time again, but God never removes it. And ultimately, Job suffered immensely. But he did so because God had a whole bigger picture for him than mere comfort on this planet, on this side of life. And Job's suffering, my friend, was not the result of a lack of faith by any means. So I'm here to say to you that God heals and God does miracles and we're to go after them and he's put these gifts in the church for us to use. But yet some of the greatest blessings in the world have come from God's power in the midst of trials. God will change us and God will mold us and God will build us through hardship as well as, as through success. But in all of this, I'm going to tell you, no matter where you are, there is nothing to be experienced like the comfort of God, regardless of whether you are in adversity or you are in victory. 
And my experience in these 30 plus years of ministry is that I have seen people hurt greatly by a false teaching that God always wants to heal everything all the time and every malady is God's desire to, to heal. And if he doesn't, it's because of something on your side that is problematic. You don't have enough faith or there's sin in your life or whatever. And I've seen people literally broken down and destroyed because of these kinds of things and these kinds of teachings. And I'm telling you, I believe that there will be examples of healing in Life Church. I believe there will be examples of miracles in Life Church. I believe that God wants to do this. And I believe some of you have these gifts and God wants to use you in them. But the reality is God is sovereign in these gifts. And ultimately, He will get the glory however He desires. And He will do His works in the way He chooses to do them. And ultimately, He is going to be glorified in the path that we live out for Him. Are there some of you today who you are stirred by these gifts and you, you think you might have them? God often chooses to heal, but sometimes he teaches us to draw closer to him when he doesn't. Yet we are to be prepared to heal and to deliver and to set free because this is what God has called us to do. And in all these things, we run to him and not away from him. And so in closing, let me ask you, is this in your heart? Are there some of you today that you believe that God would use you in the gift of healing or the gift of miracles? When Paul wrote his letter to, to Timothy, both the first and the second letters, in both letters he said something very, very insightful. He says, Timothy, stir up the gift that is in you. Timothy, stir up the gift that has been put in you through the laying on of hands by the elders. Let that gift be stirred up. In other words, work on that gift. Cultivate that gift, whatever that gift is. And I believe that's a practice for you and I as well. Are you one of those people? You feel like you could be used in the gift of healing, the gift of miracles. Would you come? Would you come and stand with me right now? If you are one of those people, would you just, by faith, get up out of your seat and walk up here and stand with me right now? I know that this is a bit of a risk, but would you please do this? You believe that God would use you to pray for sick people to be healed? You believe that God gives you compassion for people who are, are in great adversity and you, you can pray for them? Come and stand with me. We're going to move through this quickly this morning, okay? But, but I, I want to make sure you've got a chance, all right? So if there's anyone else, you come on up as, as I call now for the elders to come. With those of you who are elders, and if your wives are comfortable coming, would you please come as well? And would you stand behind these? Look at this. We have seven people who believe that God could use them in the gift of healings or miracles. Much like the example, example of Timothy, we're going to ask the elders to, to lay hands on these individuals and their wives as well and pray for them. I'm going to pray a prayer and the elders are going to pray for these people that they are particularly laying hands on and we're going to ask God to stir up the gift in each of these people. Would you join in your spirit in that prayer? If you're comfortable, reach your hand forward and just as, as a, a, an act of solidarity, just, let's just pray with these. And ask God to do this, this great work and give, impart these gifts to these individuals. Father, we believe your word and we come to you in the name of Jesus. 
We come into agreement with these men and women who are standing before you that you have gifts for them. We declare that the gifts of healings and the gifts of miracles, Lord, are available for your church today and are to be utilized by your people. We ask you, God, that you would do amazing things now by imparting to these individuals the gifts that they desire, that they may be used for your glory and your honor. Guard each one of these individuals today from pride and from presumption and from any kind of arrogance. Keep them in your word. Keep them before you in prayer. Keep them before you in humility, God. And yet use them, God, for your glory and for your honor. We pray, God, that you would give them healing hands and comforting voices. We pray that you would give them an extraordinary amount of authority to be utilized to cast out demons and to call forth uh, your will and your purpose over lives. We ask you, God, to use them according to your word and to your promise. May their lives and their actions line up with the truth of Scripture in all that they say and all that they do. And ultimately, may you get glory and honor in Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, now what I want all of you to do is I want you all to come around and face the congregation. All of you, including the elders and elders' wives, just come around behind me. We're going to take just a few more minutes here. If you need to leave, you feel free to leave, all right? But are there any of you today that you need prayer for healing, physical healing in your life? Or you need some type of miracle, some, something you need God to do, and you've been praying about it, all right, and you believe that it's in line with scriptures, then I would love for you to be prayed for today. And here is your team to pray over you right here, the elders and those who are declaring this gift in their lives. So if you need to be prayed for, please come now, all right? Please come and receive prayer right now. Those of you who have issues or you have needs, all right? Just go as the Lord leads you. As you see someone here, you, you kind of just feel led to go to that person. Uh, just go and stand in front of them, all right? And uh, that person is going to pray for you, all right? It may be a physical need. It may be a spiritual need. It may be an emotional need. Anybody else, quickly? All right, I'm going to pray a prayer, and these elders are going to pray over, and these individuals who are declaring this gift are going to pray over you. So receive whatever God has for you uh, in this prayer by faith right now. Let's pray. Again, Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, and we declare that you are the God who heals. You have all authority over the demonic realm. You have the ability to set in order what is out of order, to bring right what has been wronged, to do what man cannot do. You have the ability to call into alignment the physical body to function according to your creation. We ask you, God, that you would anoint the elders and those with gifts to heal and, and, and perform miracles right now to pray over these men and women as they stand before the congregation and before you, Almighty God, so we pray and ask you, God, that these may be not only encouraged today in prayer, but that they can see the miraculous work of your hand in their lives. Would you give us testimonies and witness of divine healing, both for physical ailments and for emotional 
difficulties and for spiritual battles that individuals are going through. God, do this. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And the whole church in agreement says, Amen. Amen. You can continue praying. If there are some of you, you decide, oh, I really do want prayer. Come on up here, all right? You're free to do so. Otherwise, you're dismissed. Have a great day, all right? Go get your kids quick, because I went long. And tell them that Pastor Bill is sorry. All right?